The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw View. This is the show where we review old crap. Usually the worse, the better. And oh boy, do we have a classic for you today. A wrestling classic. The wrestling classic included with the Rolls Royce. I love when, like, WWF, like Vince, was trying to, to portray this feeling of uh, elite, uh, elitist snow, being a bit of feet, I uh, guess. Affluence. Affluence. There you go, affluence. Like, oh, this is a very distinguished competition. WCW gave away a Camaro. WWF <laughs> gave away a Rolls Royce. Exactly. So, um, yeah, we're uh, available here on the Patreon. By the way, the wrestling, uh, the going in review, uh, rather, our pay-per-views that we review are voted upon by our $10 a month and up patrons. If you're interested in, in participating in the process for deciding what gets selected here for us to take a look at, go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. You can do so there. Um, and we have a, a bunch of other reward tiers. Uh, with yeah, you get a lot more at the $10 tier than just voting on one show, too. You get a postcard. Yeah, they're right there. Uh, and, of course, access to our $5 rewards, the and, live streams. And $1, which is just a thank you. Mm-hmm. So, that brings us to the Wrestling Classic. Now, uh, a little background on the Wrestling Classic. I really wanted to watch this one. I had this one up for vote about three. Oh, not that kind of background. <laughs> yeah. I had this one up for vote, like, three consecutive, four consecutive uh, uh, voting uh, cycles. And I think this, uh, I think this won this particular week because... I said I really wanted to watch it. Literally, when I posted the poll... Larson really wants this one and to I win. And I said that in the video, too. And I think it was fortuitous timing on your part because you went away on vacation. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. People are more willing, I think, to grant you your wish, Larson. Well, that's nice of him. Thank you very much. There you go. That's, that's, I think they would appreciate that. So, yes, a little back uh, backstory on the wrestling classic. This was WWF's second attempt at a pay-per-view type show. Right. Following, I guess, the success of the very first WrestleMania, which happened in March of 85. Yeah. This was November of 85. This, so, this, I mean, so this was, this was actually a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And this was literally the, the next. So when we say pay-per-view. Well, WrestleMania 1 was available through uh, closed-circuit television, I believe. Do we know what that means? I have zero idea. 
Because I at first I thought that that meant you can go to certain locations that would host closed circuit TV, but I don't even think that's the case. I I honestly have no idea. We have the internet in front of us. I know. I looked it up before. It's a much bigger task than I think you're you're ready to to get into here. Because that just tells you a security system. I don't think WrestleMania 1 was seen well, no, only on security Well, no, it's a security system with singles are not publicly distributed but are monitored primarily. Okay, yeah, but it's just not, it's just not a TV, it's a TV system that, that where the signals aren't publicly distributed. Right, exactly. So you have to pay to get access to these television But I have signals. no idea how to do that. I don't either. So, but, but look, here on Wikipedia it says pay-per-view event, so in some manner this was not available freely to everybody. You have to pay to get the closed-circuit television access. It's just interesting that this is such an asterisk, you know? Like, WrestleMania is now a massive event. Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, you know, those are all massive events that were born pretty early in the WWF. Like, after after this, what was the next? WrestleMania 2. Right. No, 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 no. I, oh, I Survivor mean, Series, they do in 87, I want to say. Okay, okay, so there you go. Later. Okay. And that, of course, is iconic at this point. The Wrestling Classic never came back. No. I um, it's a single night, 16-person, uh, single elimination tournament. Maybe that's why, because they just realized that, you know what, the format of this was pure crap. I well, thought it was so much... One sh- it's a lot to get in one show. It's so much fun, but it was all over the map. It was a mess of it an really event. It really was. And part of it, too, is, is they felt the need to have interviews between each match. Yeah. Which was, you know, you had matches, several matches that were a minute or less. Give these matches more time, ditch the interviews. No, man. It was, honestly, in my opinion, this was perfect the way it was. Okay. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm just saying, if you want a more thrilling wrestling product. The longest match on the card was the final. About nine minutes, right? Nine minutes. The second longest was, uh, so they had they actually had a match for Hogan's WWF championship. Uh, he fought Piper in a singles match. That was seven minutes. Tito Santana versus Orndorff was eight minutes. And the shortest match was eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, one under a minute. There um, Nine seconds, 17 seconds, 45 seconds. There were three sub-minute matches. That's great. It is great. We need more like this. I will say that they uh, did get creative with a couple matches in terms of how to book them. So oh, and they, they ended short or ended quickly, but they, they, they took some interesting paths. There, there were so many... Janky fin. This was this should have been called the Dusty Classic. Dusty Rhodes yeah. should have been involved. There were so many. By my definition of the, the listen, baby, this is a dream come true. Okay, we got 15, 14 tournament matches. Let I want a good eighty percent of these, baby, to be a dust that finishes. Nobody wins. Yeah. Literally, one of these matches, the winner counted his own pinfall. Counted his own pinfall. It was fantastic. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, so the beginning of the show saw them do a, a, a video package saying that tonight they were going to give away a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yeah. Affluence, as you mentioned. Yeah, exactly. It was very, it had that very, like, ooh, proper, like, BBC-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But it really, it's like, you know. It's well, because it starts with, with Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Susan. Yeah. Breaking down the tournament bracket. Who was Susan, exactly? I have no idea. Susan, we both speculate, yeah, was actually a ghost from uh, the early 1800s. Well, or the Victorian era. Victorian era. It wasn't the Victorian era in the 1800s? I think later, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, from the Victorian era, because she was dressed like that. Yeah. And she didn't really talk that much. She talked a little bit. 
Um, but uh, yeah, it it always it makes me laugh so much when Vince. This is why the Attitude Era was so great because Vince reveled in the lowbrow nature. Try as he might as to put forth an in, in air, <laughs> air of affluence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to keep up appearances is not something Vince McMahon ever no. should have been doing. No. Because it's tacky and it's wonderfully tacky and it's brilliantly tacky. You know, but this was just like trying to be, you're trying to do too much, man. We know you're a carny, Vince. We know you're a carny. <laughs> so we cut right to highlights from drawing opponents from the fish bowl. Oh, so that was fantastic. It was literally, I don't know, like eight people going up to a fishbowl and drawing yeah. a name of who they were going to take on in the first round. And somehow, wasn't Macho Man pissed off at Elizabeth for something, too? Yeah. Wardy, why did you do this? Oh, yeah. He bl- it's like every time you see Savage, he's blaming Elizabeth. I know. That seemed to be like a common thread throughout like their 20 years of uh, yes. being in the business. Um, so, yeah, we got we got a bunch of that. Um, after that, we got a Jack Tunney interview going over, I believe, the rules. Yeah. There's only one rule. You win your match. Your <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> that includes evidently being able to count your own pinball. Yep. Trick someone and getting counted out. That counts too. Yeah. Got your leg up on the rope, high on the second rope. Doesn't matter. You're losing. Or nobody's going to count rope break. Or, or uh, dive towards somebody. They move. You get. You hit the ropes. You're injured. <laughs> you're injured exactly. Because you hit the rope. Oh, it's so much weird. Let's kick it off with the first match. Adrian Adonis. Oh, hold on. I like. I did like this though. When they were running down, when Vince, Lord Alfred Hayes, and the Ghost Lady, Susan, Susan was like looking at the brackets, and they were just spouting so much nonsense. And my favorite line was Lord Alfred Hayes saying. These are the best conditioned athletes in the world. Yes. What are you talking about? Like, if it was today, mate, you can make the case for some, like, the 205 Live, okay? You can make that case for me. Well, I mean, I thought thought that was funny given that there were three matches that lasted less than a minute. I know. And we're talking about people like Adrian Adonis, which I never – I don't know if I've ever seen an Adrian Adonis match. I didn't realize that his name was simply a play of irony. Mm -hmm. I did not realize that because this was not an Adonis in any respect of the word. He didn't speak like you would think an Adonis would speak. He used to be a Ventura's tag team partner. Oh, okay. I I I, yeah, that sounds right. Adonis. What, like early in his career? Was in the 70s, he, I think. Was, oh, 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 I don't know. Was he ever an Adonis? Oh, so it was just a plan. Like, this is him in the 80s. So yeah. that, that's definitely ironic right there. And he, his early career only started 10 years before that. He trained under Fred Atkins from the Atkins Diet guy? I don't think so, because look at this guy. He was born in 1910. <laughs> That's fantastic. I always love when Wikipedia gives somebody's uh, date of death or age at death, and it's a range because they don't really know. Oh, yeah. If I you're know. born in 1910, there's a good chance you have no idea when your actual birth date oh, was. Oh, yeah, I know. You know what they used to do? You know they used to, like have um traveling like children like uh, adoption trains where they would stop into town and they'd have like a, a wealth of of uh, potential adoptee kids and then you'd say yeah, I want that one right there that was a real thing back in the day my uh my uh, grandma-in-law used to talk about that really crazy it is crazy yeah man so Adrian Adonis took on Corporal Kirchner do we know if Corporal Kirchner was actually a Corporal Kirchner was he? I want to know if he was legit a veteran. I have no idea. 
Oh, he's 59 now. Really? He's only 59? Boy, he must have been young there. Wow. Look at some of these names. Super Leather. Super wow. Leather Face. Wow. R.T. Reynolds. Oh, yeah. He was in, uh, he did some stuff in Japan, some of the Deathmatch stuff, I think. Oh, that's cool. If he was Leatherface, then yeah. Oh, yeah. United States Army. Good for him. 82nd Airborne Division. But was it, check, check on the Leatherface thing. I think he did some stuff in uh, Japan. Um, let's see here. Japan. Here we go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in Japan. You're right. Villain in the same name from the movie Texas Chainsaw Man. So I think we, uh, last time we were in L.A., we stayed at our, our buddy's house and we watched that DVD, or that stuff oh, of uh, yeah. Bully and, and Terry Funk. Okay. And I think he made an appearance. Oh, right, 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 right. Anyways, um, yeah, uh, Kirshner, Kirshner, um, clearly, by the way, when 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 uh, he lost, Adrian Donis went for the pin. I didn't really write down notes on like the actual matches because they were just all a mess. Um, he totally kicked out like two and a half. Oh yeah. Like I've seen closer pinfalls these days that are counted like you know as two. Yeah. And this was counted at three. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, the finish was interesting because uh, uh, Corporal, the Corporal was going for a suplex. Yeah. And then Adrian Adonis reversed it to what I would the closest approximation would be a DDT. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But it it wasn't. <laughs> he sort of held. He sort of held on to him by the head as he was coming yeah, he down. Yeah, a downward motion. Yeah. Like a DDT. Right. But I don't know if at this point if the DDP, DDT, DDP, DDT, um, I'm sure it was invented because Jake Roberts was wrestling at this point. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I don't know if, if, if it was a part of Adrian Adonis' arsenal of moves or not. Or if this was simply a, a, a beneficial mistake. It could be. Yeah, happy yeah, accident. Improvised reversal. There you go. Uh, birth. You know, later on we saw a move that uh, hadn't gained prominence yet as far as I know. The Sharpshooter. Really? Yeah. In which match was that? It was later on. Here, I'll find it. Someone did a Sharpshooter. Did they win with it? No. <laughs> that figures. They didn't even call it a Sharpshooter. Yeah. Of course, it was a Scorpion Deathlock before the Sharpshooter. Uh, carry on. I'll find it. I'll find it. Uh, so that match was uh, four minutes. Uh, this next match was the Dynamite Kid versus oh, Nikolai Volkov. It was Adrian Adonis that did it in Dynamite Kid. So, oh, okay, okay. Uh, so we had uh, Nikolai Volkov after that. Um, wasn't there like an interview with... No, no he, he's, he's going to be afterwards. He, yeah, uh, Volkov goes in the ring mm-hmm. and, and sings the, uh, the Soviet national anthem. Meanwhile... And as he finishes up, he's about to drop a promo. And as he starts to speak, Dynamite Kid goes to the top rope. He sort of saunters up to the top rope while Volkov isn't paying attention. And then, uh, yeah. Drop kicks him. Drop kicks him. Gets the pin. Eight seconds. Yeah. Picks up the win. Uh, was there an interview after that? Yeah, Macho Man. Okay. Oh, there was an Adrian Adonis uh, interview? Oh, yeah, between the two matches. After his match? Okay. Yeah. Didn't really say much. No. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so yeah, then we had a Macho Man interview, and that's when he was talking about uh, not taking, because uh, it wasn't his first match against uh, Putsky. Putsky. Okay, Putsky. He's very strong. Don't take him lightly. No, yeah. 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 And also because Ivan Putsky looked like a time traveler from the 60s. Yeah, he really did. I just think that he was a dude who was around in the 60s and didn't change anything. I think be. he started in like 1968. I want to say that's true. Um, I was in 63. The next match we had was... Yeah, I would have said that too, but I think I actually looked this up. Um, next match we actually had was Ivan Putsky versus Macho Man. Um, I, interesting note about Ivan Putsky. I looked him up a little bit. Oh, yes. He won... Uh, so one year prior to this... He won the uh, Wrestling Observer. Yes, it was around back then. It's been around for a very long time. Respect your elders. Uh, won the 1984 Worst Wrestler 
and Reader's least favorite wrestler. So not only did he draw the ire of, I think, Dave Meltzer, uh, but also the readers of the Wrestling Observer back then voted Ivan Putsky worst, worst person. Well, worst wrestler. Yeah. Awful person. Well, uh, I mean, I don't think the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards speak to a person's character. He just did. their wrestling ability, right? Yeah, he debuted in 1968. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea either. I'm, I'm asking seriously. I assume he's his trash. I mean, he's dead now. No, he's not. Oh, no, he's not dead yet. Wow, he's 76 years old. Though. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyways, Macho Man, of course, beat Putsky. Um, uh, he uh, got him in a pinning combination and put his feet on the turnbuckle. Yeah, I would think it had more to do with the uh, with his in-ring ability. Yeah, because yeah, he no, had I zero ring in, in-ring no, ability. No, his in-ring ability was literally just flexing a lot. And he punched. And he punched and he milled about. Yeah. So, But he flexed a lot. Yeah, he Like, did. he showed the people his muscles quite well, a bit. He had large muscles. And, yeah, he was an impressive specimen to a degree. Um, it was interesting seeing... Uh, there's a lot of matches that had these clash of styles like uh, uh, Macho Man and Putski. Mm-hmm. Macho Man, you know, he he was a guy, he's super athletic, super way quick, ahead of his time, way ahead of his time. Yeah. Same with Dynamite Kid, Steamboat. There's a lot of uh, actually people um, in this tournament that you could say were ahead of their time. And it's interesting seeing styles clash between older wrestlers and newer ones, and eventually further in the tournament, you'd, you'd have Steamboat versus Savage. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, for the first time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, predates their yeah. Uh, WrestleMania, WrestleMania three match by yeah. three years. Yeah, that's right. Macho Man didn't actually win cleanly in any of these matches. No, he didn't. He was a heel. Th- this one, yeah, he was a heel. I he, think this was shortly after he debuted. Uh, yeah, I think it was, too. He had his feet on the ropes and got the, the, the dirty pin that way. Mm-hmm. So, too bad, Putsky. You're out. Eliminated. Uh, next up, we had a Nikolai Vol- Volkov promo. Very upset with what yeah. happened. Yeah. But you got, you know, jacked up Dynamite Kid coming at you with a drop kick while you're milling about talking, you maybe, know. Maybe uh, Nikolai should be a little more focused. The maybe. Maybe he should pay attention a little bit more. What do you think about that? All right. This ne- next match is a little weird. Uh, Ricky Steamboat versus a very young Davy Boy Smith. Now, yeah. when Ricky Steamboat pil- picked uh, Davy Boy Smith's uh, name from the fishbowl, he said something like, He's a very nice guy. He was the most diplomatic. He, this was this was a, a through line throughout his career. I noticed this a couple times. He did the same thing with Ric Flair. He was the most diplomatic promo guy I've ever seen in my life. He would always say like, oh, yeah, well, he's a great competitor. He's a really nice guy. Even when he lost to Flair, well, I'll probably be talking to my lawyers about this because I'm not sure that I, you know, he was just a very diplomatic yeah. promo guy. Yeah. Very unique. So this match is pretty short, yeah. and at one point, uh, Davy Boy leaps towards Steamboat, who's close to the ropes. Steamboat evades, so Davy Boy Smith just jumps right into the ropes. Right, which you would think normally these days means one of two things. Either number one, you're going to you know get yourself out of it. Maybe it was like a, you can convert it into a suicide diet of some sort, but nobody's on the outside, so you just land on the outside of the ring. There's no pads on the outside you of the concrete. You could do a tranquilo. Could. You could land in like the ring like Almas does. But here's the thing. He hit the ropes kind of awkwardly, but yeah. at no point was he ever twisted up in anything. <laughs> right. Like his leg didn't get twisted in the ropes yeah. anyways. But the ref calls the bell almost immediately. <laughs> There's no trainers to come check on to make sure he's fine. <laughs> right, right. Again, his legs, did not. no part of his body got twisted up in the ropes at all. He, hey, I'll say he this, He just though. hit the ropes and fell. Dude, I was, he was selling it really well Yeah. to the degree that I had to rewind it and be like, wait, did I miss something? Was this a shoot? Like, did he really legit get hurt? No. No. He just sort the of... rough call for the bell, and, yeah. and Steamboat showed a concern. Yeah. He's <laughs> again injured uh, opponent. He's a nice guy. Yes. Very diplomatic. Uh, but, but, you know, the one my note about that was this was the first time in this entire tournament we saw actual wrestling happen. 
Because I don't really feel like there was much actual wrestling happening. Before no, the, both Steamboat and especially back then, uh, Davy Boy Smith, very good wrestlers. Yeah, they were decent. Like Macho Man didn't have anything to work with, but with no. Bucky. That's, no, that was the thing later on because he was just like running away. Um, next up, we had a JYD interview. Um, again, comes off like just some dude you'd probably be working with, like a very understated interview. He seemed very sincere, mm-hmm. um, so that was cool. I think that was probably part of his appeal too. Oh, yeah. People were just like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. Uh, plus, he had the funk. Yeah. You know. Um, Iron Sheik versus Junkyard Dog was next. Um, junkyard Dog was able uh, to... Break your back, Junkyard Dog. Well, no, he didn't. He, he, junkyard Dog managed to escape the camel clutch. I'm trying to think of other Iron Sheik things I can say without being horribly offensive. Hello. The other day, I do appreciate that he got on Twitter and said, "Nazis, if you come to me, I break your bank, make you what did he say? Make you what? Break you, break your back, make you humble, make you humble. Brian Blair, make you humble. He's a punk. <laughs> Junkyard dog made me humble." The Vince McMahon. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Once I get started with Iron Sheik, it's hard to not do it. Junkyard dog wins with a headbutt. <laughs> yeah, that was rad. Yeah, that dude, he just had headbutts. Mm-hmm. It was great. Uh, next up. Oh, this, was, this was gross. A highlight. No, dude. A highlight. No, he spit chewing tobacco on the camera. I'm sorry, man. Disgusting. But any Terry Funk interview. It was fine until oh, he. That he, was nasty. Spit tobacco on the lens of the that camera. Was really that was gross. gross. He's so legit, though, man. Oh, I know. He's so legit. Yeah, he was going on about stuff. He was going to face a dude named Moondog Spot. Yeah. Who had like a bone with him. Yeah, I don't get that gimmick at all. I didn't really understand it, but I did want to know more about him. He was pretty rad. I wonder what his deal is. Was I don't that, know. Was that like a shoot? Was he really oh, like I don't him? know. I'll talk about this match while you look that up. So, uh, Funk gets down to the ring. Spot's already there, I think. And Funk grabs the mic and says, we don't want to fight each other. Mm, yeah. Let's just both walk out of here and get counted out. Oh, look, he's a normal guy. That's cool. He's got his bone with him. And so uh, Moondog Spot says, okay. So yeah. they walk out together. Yeah. And they're maybe, I don't know, like 10 paces up the ramp mm-hmm. when Funk attacks them. <laughs> yeah. Ref calls for the bell before that. As soon as they leave the ring, Ref calls for the bell and starts counting. So uh, Funk attacks Moondog Spot from behind and starts to run back towards the ring. They fight for a bit. Um, Funk uh, backdrops Spot. Mm-hmm. near the apron and yeah. happens to send him back into the ring. Yeah. And as Funk starts to get back in the ring, the ref finishes his 10 count, spot wins. Yeah, yeah. So this is one instance where it's like actually a pretty creative way to finish a match. <laughs> but again... And it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, no, this was fine because it's Terry Funk and a guy named Moondog Spot who was just like as a, as a dullard with a bone. <laughs> I mean, that's seemingly his gimmick is dullard with a bone. No. It's not. It's not being, I'm not being offensive. It, was, it wasn't a shoot. I just looked him up. He has a very nice way. He's dead. But look, he seems like a super nice guy. Yeah. Like he seems like that's not him. Look, that that's not. Those aren't the eyes of a dullard. No. He played that role very Character. well. Oh my god. Oh wow. Yeah. Pretty hardcore. Um, moving on. We could talk more in depth about these matches, but a lot of them are too short to actually go into any detail. Oh, they're they're so great. It, this is what I love about it. It's just. Bang, 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 ridiculousness, ridiculousness. Yeah. Um, after that, we had a Mr. Fuji. Because here's the thing. What? We can talk about the matches. None of the wrestling was good. Like well, a couple, couple matches were okay, good. Okay, Tito Santana, he was good. Orndorff was better than I figured. Yeah, I thought uh, Don Morocco was pretty good, too. Uh, yeah, he was okay. 
He was all right. He didn't really stand up to me, but I could see. I mean, I could see that. Yeah, I was just focused on Tito Santana. Yeah, he was good. He was good. Um, Mr. Fuji in a in a Don Morocco interview um, was after the Funk Moondog spot match. Yeah, Morocco seemed like he was he was a charisma hole though. A little bit. He was not the most exciting guy in the world. No. What was his gimmick? He was the magnificent Morocco. Oh, okay. He was just really good. Yeah. And he uh, took on Tito Santana. Some of his other ring names. Uh, why does the name Aka Oni sound familiar? What, did he go by that name in like one of those THQ games? Don Morrow, Dr. X, The Rock, and The Magnificent M. Yeah, it's Don The Rock Morocco. I think yeah. that's what he, his name was when he took on Snooka in that cage match. Gotcha. Um, so at first, Morocco uh, seems to win with Power Slam. Yeah. <laughs> Ref counts the pinfall, but then he goes, no, Tito's foot was under the ropes. And then uh, Tito uh, took advantage um, of the confusion, mm-hmm. rolled up Morocco in a small package, and actually won the match. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, that was ridiculous. Because he didn't, like, separate them, go back in your corners. He didn't explain anything. He just, Morocco was, was, was celebrating. celebrating, and then the old weird ref guy started, like, pointing at the ropes, and then Tito was like, okay, rolled him up. Morocco has no idea what's going on, and he gets the win. Yeah. Even the commentator was like, hold on a second. What's going on there? Why did that just happen there, gorilla? Hey, Monsoon, that was ridiculous. Do you know why? Because nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, no one knew what was going on. Poor Don Morocco. I know. Anyways. After that. Bobby Heenan interview, so he put out a bounty on Paul Orndorff. <laughs> Dark. So fifty thousand dollars. Whoa. So this was after in nineteen eighty five money, that's like five million dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Um so by this point, nineteen eighty five, just a mere six months after WrestleMania one, mm-hmm. Paul Orndorff during WrestleMania one was a heel. <laughs> he was Piper's tag team Correct. partner yeah. during Against Hogan event. and T. Yes. At this point, he had uh, turned face. Right. And he was taking on Bob Orton, who yeah. still had that cast on his arm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Bob Orton was fantastic, too. I, I always forget. He was a really good seller. That he was he was a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was particularly a good seller. But, man, you see him in there, it's like, holy crap. Because he was, I'm not going to say he was a hoss, but he wasn't in shape. Not like his kid. Not like Orndorff. No, no, certainly not like Orndorff. Nobody's in shape like Orndorff. He's Mr. Perfect. No, he's not. He's Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, um, this, was a, this was a really fun match. This was actually a really fun match, but then it ended by DQ because didn't Orton like put a cast on him? No, he had his cast and he like oh, rotated he hit it. him with it. Yeah, he rotated it. Yeah, on his right. arm, and then hit him with it. It's like the Roman Reigns thing. It goes like this. Yep. Yeah, that's what it was. Can't hit people with the cast though. No, but that was a fun match. That was probably the first actually well re- Well, the Morocco uh, Tito Santana match wasn't bad. But I was I was legitimately surprised. I'd never really seen. I mean, I always I always knew that Orndorff because I'd seen enough of his matches. And for those of you wondering why I'm saying Orndorff and not Orndorff, it's the when Hogan... Someone else called him Orndorff during this too. Hulk Hogan. Oh, wait. in On the show? Yeah. <laughs> so I first picked it up from, I think it was a, a... Was it a DVD on The Warrior? Maybe it was a DVD on Hogan when Hogan was talking about working with Paul Orndorff. And he would just call him Orndorff. And maybe it's just like a Florida thing. Yeah. Maybe it's like sort of an accent. Maybe he doesn't... Yeah. I don't know. But he's, yeah, me and Orndorff, you know, we go in there, brother. And it just cracked me up because at that point I said, I think I said Orndorff. And then you, cor- it was ages ago, you corrected me. <laughs> I was like, that's how Hogan says it. Oh, yeah. Orndorff. So, anyways, <laughs> I don't know. Stupid, stupid in joke. 
Um, before we continue, I want to make a point of, 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 of saying that Gorilla Monsoon was fantastic. Oh, yeah, he's the best. He is fantastic. He's the absolute best. He is, he is the perfect combination of not being a part of it and calling everything perfectly. He's so he's like he's just a warm blanket, man. Yes, that's he's exactly just a what warm is. blanket. Very comforting. That's what he is very comforting. Fantastic. Whenever I watch this old stuff, I just get nostalgic for those days. I know. Like I barely remember 1985 because it was like a little too far for me. But I was I was seven. Yeah, I've been eight or six. And so I remember something. Oh yeah, I do too. Next, uh, so Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes are back at the tournament board. I believe that's the conclusion of the first round. And uh, Alfred is doing something to Susan. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Is this the one where he was literally like dry? I don't want to say dry humping her. He was really close to her, and she looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, I think this is the one. So there's twice that they cut to them, and, and one time it looked like he literally had his hand on one of her breasts. <laughs> I think that's the second time. This time he was just kind of like he was holding her, yeah, uncomfortably around her waist. And yeah, he wasn't nothing to do with it. And he what, didn't he have like didn't he wasn't he like with his lips wasn't he like trying to go like, maybe something it was like so that? Awkward. It was so, and you know that was probably Vince. Oh yeah, hey, it'll be funny if you treat her like an object. <laughs> it was gross. My note is literally. WTF is Alfred doing to Susan? Oh, mine is this. Um, why is Alfred Hayes gripping onto the ghost lady? <laughs> Number one, if she is a true ghost lady, he should be facing through her. Or he, she should turn into a skeleton, slime him, and then, <laughs> then float yeah, away. Yes, that. <laughs> like the opening scene in Ghostbusters. Exactly. That's what ghosts do. They slime you. Um, anyway, if Terry Funk came in to... to, to like, just make things less... So him coming in, like, angry and yelling Oddly made enough, things far less awkward. <laughs> Oddly enough, him, Terry Funk walking in in a rage made things less awkward. Yes. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he's, he's talking to Vince's mic and his back is towards the camera, and Vince reaches his hand around to his, one of his belt loops and rotates. <laughs> I didn't, so he, so I didn't he's notice facing that. the camera. That's great. Oh, man. Why do so many people horned off later on at his back to the camera? Yeah. Don't they understand the concept of, like, television production? Television production of, like, video? I mean, if this was, like, you know, the the silent era, I would understand if they're confused by this device. I know. Like, all those idiots who were in the theater when they were in that, like, one of the first movies of, like, a train pulling into oh, the station. Oh, and they thought the train was going to hit them. <laughs> it's like, idiots. It's light projecting on a screen. Yeah. Not real. Not real. This happened in the past. Oh, okay. Moving on from that. Uh, first match of the second round was Dynamite Kid versus Adrian Adonis. This is actually a pretty decent match. Oh, that's fine. I don't have any notes on really? that. Really? Because Adonis puts the sharpshooter on. Oh, okay. On the Dynamite Kid. Oh, wow. Nice. But oh. they didn't call it. They, just, they didn't have a name for it. <laughs> Maybe Adrian Adonis <laughs> invented Maybe the sharpshooter. He invented it on the spot. Maybe. He was watching some He's old master, film. He's master improviser in the ring. He was watching some old film of uh, George Hackenschmidt. Could be. Some old-timey silent era footage. So the finish, uh, uh, Dynamite Kid kicking out of a roll-up attempt by Adrian Adonis. And it sent Adrian Adonis into Jimmy Hart, who was standing on the apron. Yeah. This oh, apparently, this, yeah, I remember the finish of this. This yeah. apparently was a devastating move to uh, to Adonis because mm-hmm. he was like seemed like basically out cold. Yeah, totally. Uh, Dynamite Kid got the cover and got the win, but Adrian Adonis's foot was obviously on the second rope. Okay, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever seen anybody get their foot to the second rope. 
and then have no one notice it. It's, well, I, even the, like this, you know, you just put on the first. That's all you need is the first rope. But to go the extra length of having your rope, it was almost like it was a glitch in 2K17. Yeah. You know, sometimes you get too close to the rope and your shit sticks and to it. And your foot will levitate a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. It was like that. It was clear as day. And it's like, wait a second, wait a second. So the ref before with that Steamboat Mor- uh, Santana Morocco match. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. He was okay with it because I was like, wait a second, is the foot on the rope not a thing then? Because I totally forgot about that. I watched this over the course of two nights, and my memory's terrible. But yeah, that was odd. Was and odd. and the funny thing is, his foot stayed there well into the celebration aspect of things. Because then uh, what's his face? Jimmy Hart comes over. And he's like, clearly his foot is on the rope. Yeah. Ref didn't care. Yeah, it didn't make any matter. I don't know. It didn't matter. matter at all. Making the phrases now. Mm-hmm. Next, we had a Jesse Ventura interview because I guess Jesse was trying to help out Macho Man yeah. win this tournament. So uh, he uh, excused himself, um, I believe, to go talk to the Macho Man. Or was that later? No, it was this one. Okay. I believe. No, it was later. Sorry. Um, I can't remember if it was later or if it was this one. So again, I watched this over the span of like three days. Yeah, yeah. But at one point, Jesse, I take terrible notes. Yeah. Uh, so Jesse's talking about how, you know, like Macho Man's strategy, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Macho Man next takes on Ricky Steamboat. Again, three years before their epic classic WrestleMania three battle. And shades of that is in here. Like, yes. this was probably the best match on the actual card. Not surprising. Um, but again, Macho Man cheated to win, pulls out some brass knuckles from his tights. I like how deep he went into his dick sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like uh, he had it lodged between his butt cheeks. <laughs> I think he, behind I think, his balls. Dude, I think he went past taint. Because, like, <laughs> freaking, uh, what's his face? Uh, Steamboat had him up for a suplex. Uh, yeah, know, because, ba- because back then a suplex was like, you know, uh, just dropping someone backwards. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> Macho, Macho Man is on the apron. Steve yeah. on the uh, in the ring. And, yeah. and Macho Man... The ref is behind him. Goes so deep Macho into tight. just opens up the, the, the drawer yeah. and like just starts rooting around for yeah. whatever it is he has dug in there. Yeah. And it takes him a good, like, I don't know, 10 seconds to find it, yeah. which is odd. Make that, you know, figure that one out. He pulls it out. Does that. And, I mean, to his credit, like Steamboat, it is sold relatively realistically. Like, if you get knocked once, that's all it takes. And the Steamboat just fell back like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. Uh, Macho Man puts it, digs back in there, puts it into his, like, taint sack or whatever, and uh, gets the cover. Got the win. Got the win. Macho Man advances. Mm-hmm. Then we had a, a Moondog Spot interview. Listen, listen, this is what I'm going to do. Listen, Steamboat, this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna hide. Do you think Steamboat. they made a list of all the spots for that match? Spot number 69. I'm going to go digging into my taint because I've got something hidden in there. Oh, yeah, foreign object. I'm not talking about my dingleberry, man. Oh, yeah. I started to slip into Bray Wyatt. A dingleberry, man. He did a little bit. So there's a Moondog spot interview after this. I remember him saying much. No, I think, again, I think he was a dullard. What do they call him back in the back in the day? Like the really messed up history of America, where people are coming to Ellis Island. Uh, was imbecile, right? It was there was imbecile. There was like I think like a simple moron or something like that. <laughs> so awful! It's so bad. It's so bad. This country has done some messed up things. It really has. Um, but anyways, I think he was supposed to be kind of like that. Um, so the next match was uh, low junk- moron. Yeah, that was one of them. Uh, junkyard dog versus moon dog spot. Uh, Junkyard Dog headbutt spot almost immediately. There's no ref in the ring. <laughs> so Junkyard Dog 
cover spot yeah. and counts his own pinfall yeah. and wins, and it stands. And it stands. They're cool with that. They're totally, totally cool. cool with that. Uh, next, Bobby Heenan, another interview. He was doing some follow-up on the, the, the Paul Orndorff bounty. Yeah. Um, Bob Orton didn't collect on it. Nope. Because he didn't put Orndorff out of action. Correct. Um, Orndorff was set to take on Tito Santana in the second round. Was Tito's uh, left leg bandaged in the first round match? Oh, I didn't notice. Because it was here, and he was selling leg injury the whole time. Oh, man. Yeah. I didn't see anything during that first match. I didn't notice anything in that first match that would... That was the Morocco roll-up one, right? Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't notice anything. anything. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I didn't mention. I don't think it came to play later on, but after Dynamite Kid won his match, mm-hmm. he, like, stepped on his knee weird. Did you notice that? He started limping a little bit. Oh, I didn't notice that. Looks like he kind of twisted his knee when he stepped on it wrong. Yes. Anyways. Um, Tito no, had I feel like a lot of this is unsafe practice. It could be. Like, we did notice also that the, uh, especially in, in the slow mo replays, how bouncy. Oh, it was like the mat. You was. could hear the springs. Yeah, underneath the ring. Yeah. Um. So Orndorff was working Tito's left leg because he had the bandage on it. Right. Um. They eventually just brawled to the outside of the ring and double count out. Mm-hmm. Which meant that uh, Junkyard Dog advanced directly to the finals. Yeah. Yeah. After that, oh, this must have been when, because uh, Vince and Alfred are going over the board again, and Alfred, uh, yeah, he's just, <laughs> so yeah, no, here's my note here, is Hayes is effing grossing me out. Yeah, it's so <laughs> gross. Because <laughs> she had that dress that had, like, lace that went over yeah, the top, right. and he had one of his hands <laughs> under that lace. Dude, yeah. It was gross. <laughs> and Vince is just back there all, like, sweaty. I know. He's like in a tux, but he's probably like directing things too. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Really get in there. Oh, yeah. You know? I can see him doing that. What a grief. Susan was so uncomfortable with the whole Oh, God. Thing. Just the entire time. It's awful. So After that, we had a, a Hulk Hogan interview. Come a long way, people. So at least appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hulk Hogan and his tidy whities was great. I know. Yeah. What was that? His face looks so weird, man. I know. Like, I don't know what what growth stuff he was on back then. Well, you hear this. I read the uh, the book that, uh, I forget the names. There's two reporters from the when the newspapers in San Francisco. They wrote a book about Balco okay. and Barry Bonds and stuff like that. And I believe it was in that book. There were stories about how Barry Bonds, the spring after he, you know, started taking Bonds and Answers, mm-hmm. he came to spring training. And they said his, his feet grew <sighs> and his head grew. Yeah. Because, okay, here's the thing. So I think that's, I mean, if, if you take steroids, it makes your head grow. Remember the theory that Paul McCartney, the, the, the rumor that Paul McCartney had died? Yeah. You know, there was like all sorts of... The Abbey Road cover. Paul is dead, yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. And some people were saying, if you look at Paul McCartney in like A Hard Day's Night, help. And then you look at him again, uh, like at Hey Jude, they look like two different people. No, they don't. No, no they, they don't. No, they, they don't. don't. They look exactly the same. It's, it's Paul McCartney. If you look at Hulk Hogan here... He looks distinctly oh, yeah. like a different person than he did uh, 10 years later, 1995, okay? Distinctly like a different person. Yeah. The funny thing is, if you, if you take a look at the years in between, because I just went there and I was looking through all the WrestleManias in between this and then like, you know, like from WrestleMania 2 to like WrestleMania 9, Okay, mm-hmm. you can literally see the difference in incremental changes. Oh yeah, you can see the difference there, and I'm sure it would not surprise me at all 
is, you know, maybe during one of his hiatuses, I don't know, he got some work done, like on his jaw or something like that, had a facelift, I don't know. But, man, his face changed in those 10 years. Yeah, sorry, it's not steroids. I guess I'm just doing a quick search here. Um, it's HGH that can make your head grow. A lot of times people confuse the two. Yeah, I know. I don't really even know much of the difference in either. I, I don't know if I can explain it to you. Yeah, I don't really need to. But, yeah, so HG, it says HGH is what makes your face look different? Well, it, make, it can make your head grow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or affect the size and of And then your isn't head. there also, like, a puffiness factor? I thought I remember there yeah, was, like, yeah, a puffiness yeah. factor of yeah, some sort. that can happen, too, because I, I guess the steroids can, uh, you can retain water. Right, right, right. So, man, he just, he literally looked like, if you look at him back then? Oh, I know. He looked completely different. And you know what's funny is that I do have to backtrack a little bit. So we talked about this on one of the shows um, recently, and I forget which one. But I had said that I didn't necessarily understand the, you know, certain people like Stone Cold. Remember we were saying, like, Stone Cold had that charisma where, like, when he started talking, you couldn't look away. Yeah. The Rock, same thing. And I said I didn't really get it with Hogan. But back then, Hogan... Especially compared to everybody else on the roster, when they would speak, there was something bigger. Than I would about. say not everybody else, because I think Macho Man. Oh, Macho Man! No, Macho Man is an charisma. exception. Macho Man, you you can, dude. You get on one of those like eleven minute Macho Man promo compilations, you cannot turn away. Oh, I know. You cannot turn away. That man was an alien of some sort. And I think the other thing too is, by the time Hogan got to WCW, he was cruising. Oh yeah, he was totally he, cruising. And there, there is that as well. And it's it's mainly. At that point, he was he was relying on the myth that he had built for himself, and and that's totally you know that that makes total sense. But when you go back and look at this, you see it a lot more evident. Just juxtaposed with guys. I mean, Ventura was one of those guys who was amazing on the mic too. Yeah. I mean, you sitting there talking the whole time when he's at the end when he was like lambasting Junkyard Dog because Macho Man didn't get to rest and he did, and it's like man, you cannot take your eyes off Jesse Ventura. Um, Hold on, I'm going to pause That's there. After the uh, Hogan interview, we had a, a WWF title match. Yeah. Um, we had a WWF title match between Rowdy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan. Yeah. This is cool. Yeah, what it was mean? actually a yeah. pretty decent match. Actually, in the match. match. Just had a wonky, didn't have like a wonky finish? Yeah. What was the finish of this match? Um, uh, Bob Orton ran in. Oh, that's right. That's right. Hit Hogan with the cast. Yeah. Um, but Hogan was never a great wrestler. Right, right. But he tried a bit more in his WWF days. Yeah. Especially earlier on. He's taken up, like, look at uh, his match against uh, uh, Savage at WrestleMania 5, I guess it was. Yeah, yeah, sure. Especially the first half of that match, mm-hmm. plays very much like a macho man. Yeah, yeah. And Hogan was doing, he busted out an arm bar. Mm-hmm. Um, or, sorry, cross arm breaker, a couple mm-hmm. other moves. Yeah. Of course, second half of that match was a typical Hogan match with a lot of punching. <laughs> yeah. But every once in a while, he'll, he'll bust out a move that you don't expect from him. Yeah. Totally. Um, uh, at one point, Piper gives Hogan a double axe handle and essentially pushes Hogan into the ref. So we get a ref bump. The ref's out. Ref's out. Piper takes this opportunity to get a chair. Mm-hmm. Hits Hogan with the chair. Nice. Piper's trying to hit Hogan across Very the throat. mustard-colored chair. Yeah. Uh, Piper tries to hit Hogan in the throat yeah. with the chair. Hogan blocks it, takes the chair from Piper, and hits him across the back with it. Um, at this point, the ref comes to. They wrestle a bit more. Hogan puts a sleeper on Piper. And at that point, Cowboy Bob Orton comes in and hits Hogan with the cast. Nice. Hogan wins by DQ. Uh, Paul Orndorff runs to the ring with a chair mm-hmm. and makes the save. 
And uh, apparently after this, <laughs> Orndorff and Hogan would feud again. That's bizarre. Because and it was, it was one of the most profitable feuds in the history of wrestling. If Orndorff, if Orndorff, like back then they would take forever to do anything. You know, it, that, that Hogan uh, Macho Man oh, rivalry. Like especially two years. Two years. Two years in the making, yeah. So the fact that Orndorff was, uh, was you know, heel, face, heel again within yeah. the span of 12 months, that's kind of weird. It's kind of I surprising. Know. I know. Yeah. But I guess they probably did that so uh, Hogan could, could, could complete his feud with uh, Piper. Yeah. And then uh, build a, a, an alliance between Hogan and Orndorff only for Orndorff to swerve Hogan. White hot feud at that point. Oh yeah, big just time. massively, massively uh, intense feud with kinda a lot crazy, of heat on Orndorff. Kind of crazy how. So Orndorff, he was never the world champ. Not in WWF, no. Right. Kind of weird how he didn't really like he didn't really make much of an impact in the rock and in the rock and wrestling era. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. was integral obviously to WrestleMania one, but after that, you don't really, you know. By the time WrestleMania two had come. Um, he wasn't in the main event scene anymore right. because uh, Hogan took on King Kong Bundy in the main yeah, event. And then after that, of course, it was Hogan Andre. Yeah. And Orndorff was just... But he ended up wrestling until... The 90s. Well, the 90s. 90s. Yeah, the 90s, yeah. Um, after that, we had another Junkyard Dog interview. Um, I don't remember about what, though. Do you have any notes for this? No, I don't. Uh, no. No, my notes get really thin at that point. Okay. Um, but no, next. but I don't... There was, dude, there was nothing like... I don't remember anything. He, Junkyard Dog is a very understated promo guy back then. So um, After this, we had Macho Man versus Dynamite Kid. I don't know if they wrestled again, but from the small sampling that we got from this, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. It was. The finish was a little weird. Um, Dynamite Kid hits a superplex on Macho Man. And some, uh, after a really surprising move, they would pull that out. <laughs> Jesse Ventura was like, what is this, a superplex? Well, that was Cowboy Bob Orton's finisher with a superplex. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, That's sure why Randy does it. Oh. Um, yeah. uh, so after Dynamite Kid hits the superplex, he sticks his legs up in the air. Looks like he might say something to Savage. Yeah. And then Savage gets him in the cradle and gets the win. Yeah. But it, it wasn't like a fluid movement where... No, it was not at all. Where Savage just happened to, you know, get the advantage and get a small cradle or a small package on a... On a on it Dynamite looked like kid. they were practicing. It yeah. looked like they were figuring this move out for the first time. Or it looked like Dynamite Kid really didn't want to lose and made it obvious that he was losing. <laughs> that could be, yeah. That could be. It kind of looked like when I first watched it, I was like, wait a second. Was that was like a double pin? You were like, no, Savage just won. I'm like... It looks so awkward and weird. It looked like they got, they pinned each other. Then I went back and looked, and sure enough, like Macho Man does have a shoulder up and everything. Yeah. It did look weird, though. It did look weird. Yeah. Um, after this, back to Vince and Susan. Thankfully, Lord Alfred Hayes has gone down the ring. Yeah, thank God for that. But um, Susan still looks like she's, like, yeah. grossed out. Yeah. Like, she probably had to take several showers when she got home. Um, and they were uh, hyping up this Rolls-Royce giveaway. Ooh. Vince was saying there was $250,000, sorry, 250,000 entries entrance yeah. into this contest to win the Rolls Royce. And then we go down to the ring. Um, a bunch of people talk. Mm-hmm. Jack Tunney is one of them. Some mm-hmm. other, uh, another WWE some, like, executive. Total like nerdling. Some guy from some sweepstakes thing. Yeah. Before uh, Lord, Alfred, Al- uh, Lord Alfred Hayes makes the announcement of the winner. And the Chicago crowd boos. Yeah, it was great. Chicago crowd, man. Since day one, they've been hardcore. They started chanting CM Punk. CM Punk. <laughs> Wait, so who? I didn't even know who won the, oh, the car. I mean, it was 
Just a person. Just some jabron. Yeah, the person. Were they on? Were they there? No. I wonder if they actually won it. I wonder if those actually find out because we can never find out if anybody. Never never found out about the Camaro. Um, then we had a Hulk Hogan interview in the locker room with Mean Gene, um, talking about uh, Cowboy Bob and Piper. Mm-hmm. Um, Orndorff walks across camera, kind of has his back to to camera. He gets involved too, um, and I believe at some point after this, uh, Hogan and Orndorff uh, had a tag team match. If I remember correctly, against Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton. It was this old man. God, it looks like you if you live to their like. 70, but he looks like he's in his 50s. Yeah. <laughs> his name is Michael Hambly. Oh my God, we found it out. Look at this. Well, they got him the car in a matter of uh, 18 days. That's cool. It feels great. Look at that I mean, leather jacket. You want a Rolls Royce? That's an expensive automobile. No kidding. They pay taxes on that. That's, that's the bummer part. Oh, I know. But they're in a they're in a wet parking lot in the woods somewhere. So oh look here it is. Look at that. They might what? <laughs> like that oh, thumbnail yeah. right there of oh, Lord Hayes with his hand on her boob. Um, you know on car commercials why the the the, the road's always wet? It's not because it rains because they think it makes things look cooler. Yeah, they well it does. I know it does. That I, is true. They might have done that there. That's what I'm saying. No, they didn't. Some of the, a PA is out there. Nobody's the doing that. Nobody's nobody in the WWE is thinking. Oh, about I don't that. know. Vince was so concerned with appearances. He probably called up some advertiser friend and says, what do you, how do you make these car commercials look so great? Oh, come on, he called up a carny. <laughs> what do you do with these cars? Maybe, maybe the people at Rolls Royce could be. Helped them out with that, that one. That could be. I don't know, man. But of course they do it in like what looks like a, a secluded wooded area. I see where the guy lives. Our main event, the finals of the wrestling classic. <laughs> um Wait, when was, wait, wait, when was the wrestling classic? November of 85. November 5th or 8th. Oh, okay. All right. So that's been a couple, couple period of time. Yeah, a couple weeks. All right. Uh, Macho Man taking on Junkyard Dog. Oh, yeah. Um, early on, they're brawling on the outside, and Macho Man takes a chair and throws it at Junkyard Dog. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't disqualified. No. Oh, no. Wasn't disqualified. Oh, wait, do, do we confirm, was there a ref for this match? Yeah, there was. Okay, well, that's good. And then later on, Macho Man is, like, choking Junkyard Dog over a rail. Wasn't disqualified. No DQ. Could have been disqualified for both of those. There's a whole lot of Macho Man running away from the faces in this entire thing. Yeah. And he was running away from Junkyard Dog, who, it was it was like a video game thing, like, when you're fighting, like, a video game boss, and, like, you just, you run away from him a lot, but then you get back to him, and he's, like, one move, and you're like, God damn it, and you have to run away again, yeah. like, an early video game. Like, cause all junkyard do, you just like headbutt him in the lower. He would grab his trunks. He did this several times. Grab Savage's lower tr- trunks, and then like headbutts him on the back, and then Savage would like run away some more. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the finish saw a junkyard dog. Did junkyard dogs wrestling ever improve? I, cause I honestly don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know. remember. Is that was that just his thing? People loved him though. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. Um. Junkyard dog. Uh. Body drop. Uh. Macho Man over the top rope. Even 1985 WWF, that wasn't a disqualification. No, no. Um, and that led to a count-out win for Junkyard Dog. Yeah. Junkyard Dog was the winner the of the wrestling only wrestling classic. By count-out. Yep. And I love Jesse says, or somebody said, maybe it was Monsoon said, the crowd's going crazy here. And you just see people like, what happened? Who won that Rolls Royce? Boo. CM Punk. So, yeah, that was the wrestling classic. At least somebody got 
Got a Rolls Royce out of it. It's true. And Vince McMahon made his company look like a million bucks in the process. Yeah. Not really. Not really. No. It's kind of interesting, though. Like, I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched WrestleMania 1 in a while, but I just feel like WrestleMania 1 came off like a spectacle. You got Mr. T there. Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper's there. Was Bobby Uecker there yet? I don't think so. You know, like, you know. But Muhammad Ali was there. Muhammad Ali was there? Yeah. And then this just seemed ramshackle. It really did. I think it was the ring. You could hear the springs in the ring. It was a lot more than that. I mean, that was kind of like participants. The, the, it, it, Lord Alfred Hayes sexually assaulting people, uh, groping them. Mm, it's gross. And the funny thing is, Lord Alfred Hayes it says that I looked him up. Is that he was five eleven? Yeah. Was Susan like seven feet tall? Because I feel like she was much taller than him. Yeah, she was. Several well, ghosts are usually taller than they were in the real world. Well, except they're levitating. In their spectral form, they're taller than usual. No, I think it's because they're levitating. Right, exactly. But, you know, regardless. No, I'm saying the actual height is maybe the same, but since right. their feet aren't bound to the yeah. ground, yeah. they're levitating, thus yeah. they're they pure there taller. You go. <laughs> that could be. Ooh, we should, for the thumbnail for this, and the title, can we say Ghost in the WWE? <laughs> and then the thumbnail will be that thumbnail of like her next to him. Ugh. And then I'll like slightly de opacity her, make her less opaque, like through Photoshop. You mean, you mean the, the Lord Alfred Hayes tribute? Yeah. We're, gonna, we're not going to be able to monetize that video if you use that stuff. Oh, okay, we'll use the other one where he's just like next to her. The one where Vince is next to her. Well, I'll, I'll Photoshop her so she's less transparent. And then, or more transparent, rather. Yeah. And then, like, make a red circle around her. <laughs> I'm doing that now. Okay. That's the sum for this. There you go. Video. There you go. Ghosts in the WWE going in raw reviews. That's good. The wrestling, the wrestling classic. classic. Why not? Otherwise, it'll get 12,000 views. It's going to get the same number of views anyway. Yep, might as well have some fun with might it. Well, might as well be stupid. All right, Steve, fun. what are we going to watch next week? The very first episode of ECW, you can find it on the network. Eastern Championship it's Wrestling. Eastern Championship Wrestling. So I want you guys all to witness the birth of what would eventually become the iconic ECW, see its roots, and how far it went in a very short period of time. Because this is pre-Hayman. It was, uh, it was, like you said, Eastern Championship Wrestling. Todd Gordon was still running it, right? Yeah, the Sandman was literally a surfer gimmick. Oh, it's it's hilarious. Only 38 minutes long, but we can talk probably about an hour about it. Uh, and thank you for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. 
That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Your words? Less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.